Okie dokie. What's up, folks? It's me, your favorite ball bag from New Jersey. Ed Carbajal, MMA scribe for FrontProofMedia.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Carbazel and at TheBlogBoardJungle.com. Um, day late, obviously, I know, but it ain't like you 14 listeners that listen to this pay for this. So it's free for you and information and uh, I pretty much do it to air out my own thoughts. But I like that you listen. So anyway, so Tough 26, Episode 6. Jillian uh, uh, Robertson and Barb Honchak. So that fight um, went as expected. Obviously, Barb Honchak had a uh, ton of experience against... Um, Robertson. Um, however, I gotta—I mean, I, I like the backgrounds that they're doing on these episodes, especially right before the fights. So it's like you get your own little personal fight week for each fight. So this season 26, I, th- I guess that's different. Again, if you listen to other episodes, not every season of Ultimate Fighter draws me in. Um, usually, something unique. I do like tournaments. In a sense, it's always been a tournament, but the like uh, they did for Mighty Mouse for the flyweight title. Obviously, I love that, and then this one, just because it's for it's for the women's flyweight title, first ever champion. There's a lot riding on it. So that being said, uh, Barb Honchak is actually a former title holder from Invicta, and I mentioned it before. A lot of these a lot of these ladies are are from Invicta. You, if you don't know by now, the the Invicta FC promotion and UFC have a strong. Uh, they're pretty much like the. Dana White once uh, doing his Tuesday Night Consender series mentioned uh, developmental league, and if there is one for the women, it's uh, it's absolutely Invicta, absolutely Invicta FC. So if you don't watch Invicta FC, definitely watch it. We do cover it extensively at Frontproof Media. Um, there's a lot of stuff there, uh, so you can read about past fights there. Um, but definitely, uh, if you have fight pass, especially check out Invicta. Anyway, so quickly, the fight uh, went as expected. Honchak, with a ton of experience, um, was able to win a, a, a get the finish over Jillian Robertson. Um, but she, you got to give Robertson credit. So as I was talking about the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the little bios before the fight, Robertson's jujitsu background was really, um, really highlighted, and you saw it in the fight. And but what showed. Uh, not only was Justin Gaethje correct in his uh, in his comment that he made about uh, um, for MMA fighting off your back, uh, you know you can't win a fight off your back or back against a cage or against the ground. He was right about that, so I thoroughly agree with what he said. And I'm a jujitsu guy. Uh, recent black belt. Thank you. I got my black belt a couple weeks ago, <laughs> um, but uh, I agree with him. So like I know he was worried about. A, offending people that are hardcore jiu-jitsu culture I, I consider myself part of that culture but you can't disagree with him because that fight right there was a perfect example and just to show the experience of Honchak when she was uh she the armbar was locked in and Robertson was trying to crank it away from her as she was defending and putting pressure on she was in in between that if you rewatch it she rains elbows down on uh Robertson and uh, caused a lot of damage there from from defending the submission attempt. So that that's what Gaethje was referring to. Like you really have to, you really have to be. I, I think the only person that has like like uh, deep water submission for MMA right now is Damian Maya. Obviously, um, there's been guys in the past. It's not like Damian Maya is the first, but he's a, he's like the current. You know, before that, I would say like Giva Santana, 
that fought in Bellator. Um, he comes to mind. I'm trying to think. Obviously, the, I mean, in the early days, obviously, if your last name was Gracie, you were one of them. Uh, Sakuraba with his submission, submission grappling, um, you know, when in his prime. So there's always people that can impose it on you. I, I guess uh, like Shinya Aoki is one of those guys now. I would hope that uh, Gary Tonin, when he makes his transition to MMA, it becomes one of those, especially when he brings the, the disgustingly good leg lock game to MMA. People are going to be amazed at, at that and the quick taps, and people are going to wonder what happened. That's going to be new to a lot of folks, so keep an eye out on, uh, I mean, as the sport evolves and martial arts evolve, we're going to see uh, uh, different highlights and ways to watch and cheer evolve, so... That's it for the uh, Tough 26 recap. Let's talk about this weekend's events. All right, so if you're a hardcore MMA, longtime Bellator fan, talking about like since since tournament days, Bjorn Rebney days, 2009 founding days, uh, tomorrow night's Bellator 184 card, Dantas versus Caldwell. If you ain't aware, be aware, because that's going to be a fire card. Bellator has been kicking ass lately, I got to say. I mean, I mean, I've always been a fan of the promotion. I think I've actually been, before I even got into all of this, as far as uh, writing about it and covering the sport, when I went, I think I've been to more Bellator events as a ticket holder than, than UFC events. So, actually, well, I'll save that. I'll reserve, I'll reserve the rest of that rant for another another episode but anyway um yeah bellator 184 is uh something you want to keep an eye on the main event um i, I wrote a an article over at front proof media about the bantamweights and uh the contender circling the title currently held by eduardo dantas if you if you saw the weigh-ins th those were this morning um you can see that the uh, main event uh, dantas came with a, a severed wolf's head to uh, caldwell to let him know that he's not he's not laying down for him because Caldwell's obviously he's only got one loss and the one loss is uh, uh, against uh, Timanglo Timanglo sorry which he avenged. Um, I did a whole synopsis on it so if you read the circling the title for Bel Belter one eighty four article over at Front Proof, you'll see what I'm talking about as far as like how you, how you can gauge the bantamweight division there and at at that promotion. Um, uh, Dantas is is. So it's hard for me to pick a, a winner for it because it's so unpredictable with those two. Um, but I think I think Dantas has the intelligence to adapt to what Caldwell brings. However, I think uh, Caldwell learned from from the one loss he got um, to adapt to Dantas' adaptations, if that makes any sense to you. Um, but if I if I'm a fanboy about it, as, as you can tell, I am. I obviously I got I got a root for. Darian Caldwell because he is from New Jersey, uh, New Jersey native, the Wolf. So I'm not gonna let. Uh, even though I'm a jiu-jitsu guy, I'm still a Jersey guy longer than that. And I gotta, I gotta back my boys from the Beast Coast. Uh, so Darian Caldwell, I'm hoping he gets the title. I mean, he beat Joe Warren convincingly, which is something um, Dantas couldn't do. I kind of alluded to that in my article. I didn't really mention it. Um, because uh, I like Joe Warren too, um, but he, uh, you know, that's a one of the highlights they show. They'll probably show it tomorrow night. He suplexes Joe Warren, takes his back, doesn't let go, kind of like rolls over with him, and gets the the rear naked choke in. 
for the win. And Joe Warren is a former bantamweight champion himself, who grinded out Dantas uh, when he won the title. Um, Dantas only got the, the title back because he beat Marcos Galval, who beat Joe Warren. Um, there's like this whole connection, six degrees of separation deal in that division at Bellator. So I, I, I wonder if they need more guys. Because uh, it seems like the same guys wind up fighting each other at some point. Um, I, I, I hope I can get a hold of John Castaneda. I've interviewed him before because he fights at 135. And he's in a combate tournament coming up uh, soon in Cancun. It's a $100,000 thing, but um, he kind of hints at like not being too happy with, with the way... He's being promoted and he knows as a young man he wants to do what he can with his time in the sport. So I'm wondering if if he would ever be interested in Bellator. I think there's a flow combat interview with him with James Lynch and he might have commented on that. He Maybe not. I don't remember because um, it's like a month ago he did it when he was on uh, Dana White's Contender Series. July or, July or August before it ended. So anyway, I'm digressing. Um, and then Daniel Strauss. Uh, He's on that card. He, he um, he's trying to get a, a part four, I guess, with uh, one of the, one of the Pitbull brothers that he, that he lost his title to. So he's the co-main event. Um, Pat Curran is on the card. I, I mean, just all the like staple Bellator names. I'm, I'm running them off. And then the prelims are obviously on. Um, they're at the Windstar World Casino in Thackerville, Oklahoma. So if you're there, get yourself a ticket because they're handing out Hoist Gracie bobbleheads. And no, no, not at that event. It's uh, that's in Connecticut. But we'll talk about that next week. But this weekend we got UFC 216. Um, 216 is the uh it's the uh redo or pushback or whatever you want to call it for the co-main event with uh uh demetrius johnson and ray borg if you remember that was supposed to happen last month uh and day of the fight i think within that 24-hour period whatever they couldn't rebook it ray borg got sick he was pulled the doctors pulled him he still wanted to fight but the doctors pulled him and with all the osada and everything else going on now um they uh they decided to play it safe and just pull that fight all together. So we get it now. We get it Saturday night. Um, and in the main event is the interim title tight. Now, I hate, you guys know how I feel about the interim titles. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Um, they're, they're, they're like uh, devaluing what those belts meant for a lot of the people that fall for them or the people that are fighting for them. So I, I agree with one thing I think that both Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson have kind of said uh i mean they, they haven't been shy about it at all you know uh, the kevin lee said this is this is the lightweight title fight never mind the interim nonsense because the interim champion is enjoying his millions from fighting in his uh exhibition match with floyd mayweather that uh we've covered heavily at front proof end on this podcast so um i agree with Kevin Lee and and Tony Ferguson said on UFC tonight uh, just last night, <clears throat> excuse me, he should either vacate or defend. Otherwise, this is a championship fight. Hard to argue that point. So, but um, imagine this: either man, whoever you got, 
winning. Um, whether it be Kevin Lee or, or El Cucuy, Tony Ferguson. Imagine the return of Conor McGregor to fight one of these guys. Both guys, both guys are, are good at marketing the fight. Kevin Lee, even though he's ranked number seven, he talked himself into this fight. And Tony Ferguson needing a fight because Habib, you know, is, uh, I don't know if he's not cleared or what the deal is with him. I think uh, they just talked about it on the MMA Hour. Um, say what you will about Ali. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but his manager. His manager does look out for his fighters. And those those guys, obviously, he's looking out for Habib's best, best interest in his health and all that. So, um, yeah, uh, I think McGregor versus Kevin Lee would uh put asses in seats just because they're both they both talk a lot and there's a lot of drama and, and the whole uh entertainment side of combat sports would definitely interest a lot of people and just put conor mcgregor's name on something he brings like all of ireland over no matter where it's at so um so conor versus kevin lee would definitely be a, a high profile fight money fight if you will and I, I think the same goes for Tony Ferguson. If he wins and then in 2018 we get a, a McGregor-Ferguson fight, that's going to be something that people want to watch too because Tony Ferguson is just as good at, at uh, talking trash and selling the fight. Or, you know, especially he's, I mean, they've all kind of laid it out there for Connor, both men. So may the best men win between them two, right? Um, and, um,. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I'm not trying to... I don't want to disrespect Ray Borg at all. But, <laughs> I mean, the the dominance uh, um, Demetrius Johnson has put down in that division, it's just like, it's just crazy. And if he defends again this weekend and wins, um, you know, he's going to break Anderson Silva's record. And I really don't... I don't I'm don't. i really not trying to make light of anything. Ray Borg's a solid fighter, solid dude, like tough guy. Um, it's just like when he, the, the Mighty Mouse DJ's last win over Wilson Hayes, who's like a jiu-jitsu guy that I really like and respect and actually thought could have been a threat to Mighty Mouse. Uh, I mean, he just got broken down and submitted, which I didn't expect. So, um, it's going to be a good fight. Then you got Derek Lewis versus Fabricio Wardoom. Um, that's just going to be a great fight. I don't think it's going to go distance. Someone's going to get, uh tapped or knocked out um i think we doom's got obviously the technical skill to submit lewis and lewis obviously has the power to hurt we're doomed so we'll see what happens but uh that's it for that's it for today this week um we gotta close it down and get ready for the fights this weekend But before I say goodbye, uh, I just wanted to throw this out there for, especially for anyone on Anchor that listens to this podcast, uh, folks that call in and stuff. Um, we, we'll add it to the afterthought because you know this podcast uh, gets backed up on Google Play and iTunes as the uh, MMA Afterthought podcast. Um, your predictions, if you want to call in, chime in and uh, throw them at me, and uh, we'll add it to the next episode after the weekend's events. And, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe you'll be right. Maybe you'll be wrong. And we can have like a uh, delayed conversation about it, your call-ins and uh, my reactions. So definitely, if you're on Anchor, give me a shout and let me know what you think or any even a post-fight reaction. If uh, 
if you want to get it on the podcast for the f- weekend's episode. Um, again, that podcast is the MMA Afterthought, so uh, it's usually something I like to do. Obviously, I'm recapping things. That's uh, it's that's why it's called the Afterthought. That's my little that's my little clever ball bag idea. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, Jersey's going through some crazy weather changes, so I'm sorry about all the throat clearing and and choking up. I'm I'm not emotional at all. I'm just, uh, it's just like humid one day and cold the other. Hopefully I'm not getting sick and, and I'm not out of the podcast for the weekend, but, um, it's going to be a good weekend. Lots of fights. Um, if you'd like to help out this podcast and its future growth, please go to the blogboardjungle.com. Uh, when you want to make an Amazon purchase, use any of the Amazon links there and you will get what you need and I can get what I need. Um, also follow all my MMA coverage at the uh, blog. I'm sorry, at the uh, frontproofmedia.com website. Um, the preview that I'm doing for 216 in text. Uh, I'm actually getting help from a new contributor. His name is Joel Kroichi. I think that you can follow him at that same handle on Twitter. Um, he's a graphic designer. He's an MMA fan. He seems to be into video games. I talked to him briefly. He's actually working on his end of our MMA forethought pieces that we do at Frontproof Media. Dot com for all the big pay-per-views so check that out when it's up that should be up uh sometime before ufc 216 um enjoy the fights have a good weekend and i will talk to you after <laughs>